Hey guys, what's going on? How's it going? We are back. It's been a month. Has it? It's been maybe a little bit more. It's been like a month. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, it's been a while, man. <laughs> uh, well, shit. Uh, let's do the damn thing. Uh, I can't believe it's been that long, but... Yeah, I can't remember why. I think it wasn't it wasn't intentional. It was kind of an unintentional hiatus. It was. We had Halloween and we did that whole thing and I don't know. Uh, I had some things going on. Yeah, I think after Halloween we were supposed to do it that uh that weekend after Halloween. Yeah. And then we just kind of said fuck it and we didn't do shit. No. But uh well, we're fucking back. Fucking A, man, after a month. Right? How's everyone doing? It's uh, it's good to be back. Um, what's new in the world of Jared, man? Um, not a lot actually. No, not really. I mean, uh, trying to get all those full on Debbie songs down. Show is fucking Friday. Yeah, stoked. Get to play with Forward from Japan. Yeah, Can't I'm gonna wait. try my fucking hardest to make it to that show. I have uh, Thanksgiving stuff I have to do that day. Yeah, but that night you don't. No, I don't. But I'm gonna do my best to make it to that show. So last show, uh, last show of the year at the precinct. Is it? Damn, I definitely need to make it to that. So you're gonna have uh, was there 15 vendors that are gonna be there? Um, you're gonna have a food truck there. No way. Yeah. Uh, five bands total, and then. Yeah, it's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be fucking sweet. Um, I'll probably... I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be, like, stuffed to the rafters with all the food I'm going to eat, but... Yeah, definitely don't want to miss it. A, you don't want to miss forward. Yeah. There's the last show on the tour. They're going to be fucking dialed in real good. Right. And it's fucking forward. I know I don't think you've ever heard forward, but... I'll take your word for it, man. Really awesome, like hardcore punk from Japan. Yeah, uh, came from uh, some of the members came from this band Deathside, which they came before that band, obviously, uh, which has uh, they're awesome. Everybody they, they have a huge following. Cool. Some members went and did Forward. Some members went and did this band called Paintbox. All three of those bands are fucking awesome. Stoked to get to play with Forward. Yeah. And it's going to be a blast, man. Sakuzu has a whole new set list. Yeah, dude. With new songs they said they fucking uh, haven't been played yet. So I think it's going to be songs off their LP they're recording. Right on. Yeah. As long as I get to hear Final Nail. Oh, yeah. That's my jam, dude. But um, I've been uh, working in the cold. Um, it's cold in Michigan. And... Uh, <laughs> uh, Went through a little rough patch there, but um, bouncing back. And uh, yeah, man, I just been doing the damn thing. And uh, Halloween was a blast. Um, Jared and I handed out candy at his house, and that was cool. We decorated the yard. Dude, shit ended earlier than in, than it did previous years. Yeah, I know. It was like eight thirty, and there's like nobody coming around anymore. I know. You guys were left with a bunch of. Sh- candy just a dumb amount a really a, dumb amount a lot of candy yeah <laughs> you guys had a lot of candy to begin with but you had a lot left over too yeah 
but uh well we do like handfuls so we always make sure we have a shit ton of candy yeah ashley definitely wanted to let everyone know it was a handful house what's awesome is i i sometimes would notice but i just don't care and don't say anything but she would notice all the people who were coming back and be like didn't we already see you and yeah, they would like oh whoop, and then just like walk away and i'm like well fuck who cares yeah 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 at <laughs> If you would have known that it would have ended as early as it did, you would have told people to take two handfuls. Man, shit. Oh shit. Like last year, it was like uh, shittier weather, and I think I still had people coming around at like 10 o'clock. Oh, yeah, that's cool. I saw a lot less older kids this year. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a blast, man. I helped decorate the yard, and we put some tombstones out there and some... Yeah, that was super last minute. How long did I have the tombstones in the house waiting to go outside? Like September? Yeah, they were chilling for a minute. Yeah, they were. It was, it was a minute. But um, yeah, so that happened. That was fun. Um, and you had me over for dinner after that. That was really cool. Made some killer raviolis and shit like that. Fuck yeah. To uh, heal my wounds. <laughs> As best friends should. But, um, yeah, as far as me, man, uh, I uh, I do the cat dad thing. Dude, what the fuck did your cats do to your place? Oh, man. <laughs> I came home today from work, and they ripped down my curtains in the living room, just completely demolished them, like broke the rod, the brackets out of the wall. I don't know how the hell they managed to do that, but... So like, now did I, one of them jump onto the curtains and the other one jump onto that one? It they might have been playing like one was behind the curtain and the other one was like on the other side and it looks like one of them like straight scaled down the fucking curtain like a sloth and uh <laughs> the goonies like down the fucking sail. <laughs> That's what it looks like. It's just a big rip all the way down, dude. Like they just jumped and tried to like scale it. So I now have this really epic blanket tacked up to my fucking picture window. Does it have a proud proud tiger in it? Uh, no. It's just a regular brown blanket. You got to get a proud tiger. A proud tiger. We sell tiny tigers. <laughs> tiny tiger. Tiny tigers. You're killing my friend with these tigers. <laughs> <laughs> Zero overhead. <laughs> That's rich. But, uh, yeah. Um, let's see. What else have I been doing? Um, uh, anything else is really, like, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. I haven't been to any shows in fucking forever. And it's been a while, man. I yeah. need to get back out there. And I hung out with my buddy Bob and Jimmy and stuff like getting back into the swing and hanging with friends and stuff like that you know making time for them well, the funny thing is uh i got a hair up my ass the other like last week and uh bob my friend works uh midnights and i remember you and i used to work midnights and how bad that sucked so i hit him up at like 11 o'clock at night and said hey man do you want to come over after work and he's like you do realize i don't get out of work until five in the morning i'm like i'll be up I had him come over at five in the morning and we straight up drank beer until like seven or eight in the morning playing Mortal Kombat 2. <laughs> it was it was cool. You know, I made time for him because 
when you work that shift, you don't have time for anybody, man. It, It sucks. You get off when everyone's getting ready to start their day, and you're going into work when everyone's just getting into their night, you know? So it was good seeing him. And uh, he he asked if we take emails on this show <laughs> because he he wanted to plug his band and he wanted to uh, I can't remember what the other thing was man but he was like uh, it was it was hilarious the way he put it. <laughs> do you guys take emails? Yeah, he's like, can I call into the show or do you read emails? I'm like, drop us a line, man. <laughs> Which I don't think he has. But uh, <laughs> do you know it's funny? Oh, when I told him, uh, just real quick. Yeah, go ahead. When I told him we were doing Argento versus uh, Fulci for this Fulci, one. he was like, "Are you guys taking emails?" <laughs> he's like, <laughs> "He's like, I'll be surprised if the room doesn't fucking explode when you guys are talking about that." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm pretty stoked for it too." So, well, two things. First off, I always tell people throw us a line for any reason. I don't give a fuck. You could you could just say like, "Dear burn offerings." Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, send us something. Yeah. But secondly, I've seen people do it, and I thought about doing it, but I don't think we have, like, the followers or fan base where it would make sense to actually setting up a, a call-in line. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be really, really awesome. Um, yeah. And if people would do it, I would, I would set it up. Yeah. I could even have someone call me on my cell phone and put it up to the microphone and be like, <laughs> ask me some questions, man. <laughs> you know? But, yeah, so there's that. And uh, it was good seeing Bob. It was good seeing Jimmy. And uh, that's all I've really been up to besides the obvious jamming music and watching movies. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, I've been basically, like I said, learning those songs, making sure I got them down, and then um, kind of wanting to not work where I work right now. So I'm trying to relearn all like the programming shit that I used to know that I haven't used in like two years. Oh wow! So I can make myself better available to like get a better job. Oh, I got you. So that's when I'm like relearning JavaScript and all its fun effing libraries that exist for it. Building stuff. Yeah. Oh fuck! At least you're in the warmth when you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. You know. The other day, man, it was snowing like a son of a bitch, and it, it was that snow where as soon as it hits you, it turns to water. So it was just like slush falling from the sky. Oh, yeah. That was not fun. But it's the joys of living in Michigan, I guess. Or on the <sighs> East Coast. Fun times. Yeah, good times. Um, you've been... Uh, All right. All right. We are back. That was a fucking clusterfuck. Yeah, it was. Um, what have you been jamming, dude? Uh, <clears throat> I don't really remember a lot. Okay. Like, it's one of those things I've just been going to work and I haven't fucking listened to anything there. Uh, I really haven't been jamming anything in here because I've been just playing bass. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I did go to a record show, though. A record swap. Record swap, record show, record uh, record what have you's. That's cool. And um, picked up a couple good ones. Picked up uh, Exciter's Heavy Metal Maniac. Sweet. An early pressing of that. Picked up... Uh, fuck. I can't remember exactly which one. One of the fucking... Uh, 
later Discharge Records, like right, right when right when they shifted over from being like DB punk to being like trying to get metal. Metal. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember exactly which one it is. The stuff I like. <laughs> the stuff where you're like, you guys, they do know that this is a total rip off of uh, Motley Crue, right? Oh, yeah. That riff was like happening. I <laughs> uh, picked up. Um, uh, why the fuck? Reality Crisis from Japan. Guy had one of their newer records. Uh, was it Discharge Your Anger? Picked that up. And then um, I think I got like I got like four. That was only three I named, right? Yep. The fuck was the fourth one? Oh, uh, Extreme Noise Terror. Uh, live album from them. Right on. From like 91. <clears throat> cool. Fuck yeah, man. Those dudes are old school. Oh, yeah. Extreme Noise Terror. Fuck yeah. shared members with uh, Napalm Death. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I've been uh, I got a whole slew of shit here, uh, but I, our our buddy Dave, just uh, showed up, and uh, we kind of had a conversation about this. But I've been jamming like the '90s Slayer. Yeah, yeah, because I don't listen to it as much as the classic albums from the '80s. But I've been jamming like Divine Intervention and Diabolus and Musica, like just straight '90s Slayer, and uh, you know, uh, not it's not everyone's cup of tea but you know i grew up on that shit so dude i almost bought at that show a uh copy of um haunting the chapel that would be fucking sick dude but i only brought i brought like a legit just not legit a uh set amount of cash with me yeah because you'll go haywire yeah Yeah. and i spent it yeah and I, i saw that and i was like oh i could hit the atm I was like, nah. Oh, man, that would have been fucking gnarly. You don't have any Slayer, do you? Nope. I have that. I have Haunting the Chapel and Rain and Blood on CD. On CD? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I've been jamming uh, the later Pentagram from the 90s, like Be Forewarned. Okay, yeah. From 94. That shit's fucking, it's good. It's really good, man. Um, I just don't listen to it ever. I don't ever put that on. If I'm putting on Pentagram, it's like... All the old shit. The old shit, you know what I mean? The 70s and 80s stuff. Dude, that's honestly one band that, for the most part, because the, Bobby didn't change anything about how he sings, mm-hmm. and and well, it's the guitar player, right? It's been the same for a long since, time, Since, right? like, the 90s, I think. But it's like, overall, their sound isn't really that different. No, like, no. Album to album, like, not a lot of difference. Right. The, the B4 Warned had, it was a little faster, than their older stuff, you know, but it's really good. Um, and um, also, 90s Bathory, uh, the but, Requiem album is fucking killer. That that was like their thrash album, mm-hmm. so, so to speak, you know, but that and Blood on Ice, those are two really, really good Bathory records. Um, I've been jamming that. Uh, 90s uh, Morbid Angel uh, Formulas Fatal to the Flesh and Domination uh, definitely and then I dip back uh, Napalm Death from Enslavement to Obliteration uh, then I go back to 90s I've been jamming Deicide Serpents of the Light and Once Upon the Cross and then all of the Chris Barnes era Cannibal Corpse I threw on Eaten Back to Life the other day and it just okay. took me back and I was like this is like fucking Pinnacle death metal. Eat back to life is great. It's the, it's the only Cannibal Corpse I have in vinyl. Yeah, yeah. The pi- picture too. 
I, I do, and I kind of wish I didn't. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of picture discs. Yeah, no, I hear you. But you have it, and it's, it's fucking – it's great, dude. Eating back to life rules. And it's like you can hear some punk in there too mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, like they didn't quite know where they were going. Dude, what was – uh when Dave got here, you guys were talking about it when I was trying to fix the fucking issue without punching my computer. <laughs> he was saying like the – like. Cannibal Corpse started as two separate bands from Buffalo that joined, yeah. and one of those bands' drummers became the drummer of Goldfinger, the fucking yep. like pop punk band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. That was news to me. Apparently, there's a Cannibal Corpse documentary out there that I haven't checked out yet. That I'm definitely going to check out. So, um, Dave said it's about four hours long, and that's a good Sunday uh, matinee for me. Right. So that'd be cool. Do it up, man. Turn on that hot spot. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, and then finally, um, the very first Sepultura record, Morbid Visions. I can get down with that. Yeah, Morbid Visions is fucking sick, man. If it was better produced, I think that that would be hailed as one of the better 80s black and thrash death records. You know, that and Schizophrenia, like those two records were fucking so good man it's just they didn't They're have fucking great yeah, yeah honestly i know like it, it kind of differs by people but the low production value sells it more for me yeah it did for me when i was younger and i still love it you know what i mean i still i still do i just think that it would like those particular two albums would be like held to a different standard if they were like beneath the remains in a rise yeah. with the production you know they really stepped it up on beneath the remains and everything was crisp clear um super punchy super fucking you know heavy but uh morbid visions is fucking it, it's it's really good and those dudes were like 16 when they fucking recorded that record yeah you know what i mean they were like super young and uh all they listened to was like fucking sodom and fucking venom and slayer and then they kind of made their own way out of that and that started the whole sepultura thing so that's cool but uh yeah that's all i've been jamming um what have you been checking out uh i've been watching uh recently just before dawn i threw that in and it was a double feature for me that night i, I watched uh, the gates of hell or city of the living dead with it um and with all the hype around this new suspiria movie I popped in the original, and oh, yeah. I watched that because that's just a classic. We all know that, and I I love it. You know, I I watch it every couple months. Yeah. I throw it on, dude. I wish you could have made it with uh, me and Johnny to go see the Italian print that they found. Yeah, I heard that was fucking. You told me that was killer, dude. It's awesome. Yeah, the crowd we had kind of sucked. Really? Yeah, because you kind of tell there's like kind of people there checking it out for the first time maybe not even knowing exactly what the fuck it was but it's like they may be cinephiles in their own right so they kind of just come out to check out some oh they got this fucking print let's go check it out right just people laughing like oh my god that's not even like oh that's supposed to be real type of thing oh like yeah. especially the, the part where uh, uh she opens the door it was you know it crawls out the window whatever with the barbed wire oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just people laughing Really? Yeah. Oh man, that that scene just—I love that. The barbed wire. Mm-hmm. That that's amazing. That's amazing. 
fucking cinema. Yeah, it was just people laughing and shit. Like you remember how we went to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the yeah, State Theater, same and there was thing. people like laughing and chit chatting, except for in that movie, once fucking uh, Franklin gets fucking sliced up, that was like the jarring scene. Yeah, and everybody just kind of chilled out after that. They didn't fucking talk, and they kind of just watched the movie. There's not. Suspiria doesn't like I have a scene like that. No, they don't have a jump. It's not like it's fucking like slowly doing and then bam. So just people were just like, oh, oh, this is fucking stupid. Oh, this is that's fucking funny. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that I was annoyed. Funny. I talked to Monty like afterwards and he said, like, I think like it was either him or like one of the people he was with were getting like fucking really pissed about it. Yeah, I, I would imagine that sucks, man, because you're like, you're so stoked to see something like that, you know, and then the crowd sucks. Like, uh, but uh, and the, lastly, I fucking Cobra. Fuck yeah, man! I fucking threw on Cobra the other day, and I was like, because I got my Xbox back up and running, and it, the, the DVD's just been sitting on my TV for fucking months for some reason. I don't know why, but I was like, fuck this! I'm watching Cobra today, and I threw in Cobra and watched that. That's all I've really been watching, man. Dude, Cobra's fucking legit. Yeah, Cobra. It's essentially a slasher film. I, I think we've touched on this before. We have. If you if you were to recut that movie, you could make like a probably a thirty to forty minute long slasher film. Yeah, because if it, you were to only if you were to make it just a straightforward slasher, you, you could probably make like a half hour to forty minute short, cutting out all this, the action stuff, all the stuff that kind of the story doesn't lend itself to a fucking slasher or right. a horror movie mm. but you could totally make one out of that and honestly i kind of want to do it <laughs> yeah or at least make like a trailer oh you could easily make a yeah, trailer yeah yeah just like the cuts of the like the knife almost it it, it almost like be like jallo cuz he wore black leather gloves and he had that fucking sweet knife and it, there's scenes where they just show the knife gleaming in the fucking mm-hmm. night. Oh, it's so good, dude. That movie is so fucking good, man. And um, then the the one dude went and did fucking Coors commercials. Or Miller. What was it, Miller? He worked behind oh, yeah, the counter. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, uh, the first, the first um, villain. The first guy killed in the supermarket. Yeah, he, he does Miller Lite commercials. Yep. It was like a couple years ago. Yeah, those like where he they they did like the party store and he was like the clerk the the clerk behind the counter. Yeah, yeah. He was also <laughs> in uh, Maniac Cop Two in the very beginning. Was he? Yeah, he was. He was the fucking the drugged out crazy guy that robbed the uh, party store mm-hmm. or whatever convenience store, and then the cops like show up and fucking yeah. He was in, he, yeah. He was basically the same trench coat, fucking whacked out of his mind. Kind of the same as set, you know. Dude, there's something like because I watched Cobra so many times when I was a kid. My dad had it like dubbed from like HBO, and he was always like, "Don't play it." Like, cause my dad like once he hears certain things like, "You play VHS too much, it's gonna get worn out." I'm thinking that's probably what he heard, and he was like, "Don't play the too much. Don't play this too much. I don't want to ruin it." Because he fucking really liked that movie when I was younger. Yeah, but I'd always watch it, and there was like that beginning part in the supermarket. It's really fucking weird, but there are certain sounds in that scene that are fucking like are always gonna stick with me, and I always like dig them. And it's like where he cracks open the can, takes a drink, and throws it, yeah. and then he fucking like shotguns the fucking the oh, beers. He's like, 
Yeah. And then, like, you just hear the fucking uh, shells pop out and the way the, the sound they make when they hit the floor. Yeah. Like, those, those sounds, that whole fucking scene, those sounds are, like, ingrained in my head from the time I was a kid. Yeah, even the, just the, uh, the super monotone conversation, one-sided conversation that Stallone has over the fucking loudspeaker. Yeah. Hey, scumbag. It's just so grim, dude. It's it's great. It's a dark movie. It's fucking pissed, dude. I love that movie. Me too, man. Fucking Cobra rules, man. But um, that's all I've been watching, man. Uh, just a, you know about four or five movies and jamming some uh, stuff outside the box as far as music. Hell yeah. So, dude, movie wise, I can't. I'm becoming lazy and it's pissing me off. I gotta I gotta break from this. Well, you've been doing the band thing. Well, yeah, but I well, I'm, I'm more talking with the fact of now that I have like all the streaming sites. Yeah, I've noticed I'm not putting in tapes and DVDs as much. I'm just like finding something that's streaming because I'm just lazy and I don't want to get up. It's it's like that, man. I don't want to be like that because it sucks. It's kind of, it's really limiting what I watch. Yeah, to the point where I can't even remember exactly what I've put on. Like I'll turn on fucking Shutter TV, which is just the endless loop of whatever fucking movies are playing. Mm-hmm. And just like watch and fall asleep to something. The only thing I actually fully remember watching because I watched the whole fucking thing is Netflix has that new Sabrina. Oh, right on, yeah, yeah. And um, I watched, I checked it out and ended up watching the whole series. Oh, okay. It's not bad. I mean, it's way more dark than obviously the ABC Family '90s fucking show. No shit, right? <laughs> but it's still kind of like. It's a Netflix show. It's fucking kind of teeny bopper ish. Gotcha. Has the chick who uh, the chick who plays Sabrina was in um, Black Coat's Daughter. Okay. Which I know I, I touched on that probably a few months ago on this show. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, overall, decent show. That's cool. Yeah, I need yeah. to check that out because I heard it's it's pretty decent from everyone I've yeah. heard. Finished watching um, Haunting a Hill House, which was another Netflix show. Okay. Overall, that show was fucking good. I, I actually really dug it. The ending, I could have went a better way with it, a different way with it. It kind of made it a little too wholesome oh. for what the whole show kind of led you to believe it was. Gotcha. But is what it is. Right on. Um, yeah, I'm super stoked about uh, the theme of this show. Yeah, this was kind of... Uh, I feel this was something we should have we we should have put more thought into how we were gonna align it. Yeah. But first episode of it, whatever, it kind of came up drunkenly like last weekend. Yes, it did. Yes, it <laughs> so, did. So we had like a week to prepare for it, and I prepared for it today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I gotta say that I kind of did the same thing. So. But I mean, whatever. It's it's gonna be the first. Once we finally do another one, we'll put more thought into it and be able to. Uh, do a better pairing, put more effort into it. Yeah. But yeah, this is going to be a thing. We finally put a name to it. Cinematic Digestion. Basically going to pit, take uh, two directors, a movie from each one, kind of compare them. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, something we should have did a long time ago for sure. But uh, I think, uh, you know, coming back from our hiatus and... uh, (laughs) not entirely preparing for this what we do have on our side what we do have on our side is that these are two 
colossal fucking directors, dude. Yeah, well, it made it, to me it made sense to just kind of if we're gonna kick it off, let's kick off with bigger names. I'm fucking so down. You know, I mean, these are the who's who of Italian horror. Yeah, two. I mean, who's who of Italian horror? And granted, we picked two movies that didn't aren't they don't really parallel each other. Mm-hmm. They kind of do to an extent, but not really. Right. We could have easily picked better pairings because Fulci did. Fulci did a few movies that were more Argento than Argento ever did movies that were like Fulci. True story. And we probably could have picked a better Fulci movie to pair with an Argento movie, but is what it is. Whatever. Yeah. No. Um. You can't really pick a bad Fulci movie. No. No. You can't really pick a bad Argento movie if if. I mean, okay. Unless we're, it's like I'm gonna say, you can pick a bad Fulci movie. You can go like '90s. You, there's what, some like the Wax Mask. No, like uh, what the fuck is the one like Demania or something like that? I never seen it. Oh yeah, it's one of those okay. fucking later ones. It's oh, it's okay. not it's it's not great. Okay, well, <laughs> like, hey, it's not it's not horrible, but it's I, not it's not great. What was the fucking Argento movie that came out in like 2000? Dracula 3D. There you go. Yeah. Fucking dancing cricket. Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> They did a viewing of that at a horror hound we went to, and I just nights. remember like uh, I was talking to someone who came out of it, and I was like, "So how was it?" They're like, "Jesus fucking Christ!" <laughs> yeah, what the fuck, man? It's like you want to be stoked and you want to know that Argento's still at it, but well, that was the same. He did um he did a movie actually just called Giallo, and it's really not that fucking good. Yeah, but uh, so I mean, yeah, each director has their flaws. Their movies that are pretty bad. But we actually picked two movies from pretty much their fucking heyday. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, Argento's Inferno and Fulci's The Beyond. And Both I, were released within a year of each other. Yes. Um, and you, ha- you hit the nail on the head. This is their heyday. This is uh, when they were pumping out quality, just killer fucking films mm-hmm. with... Really good storylines, shot so fucking good, you yeah. know. Honestly, for Fulci's The Beyond, this is the one where a lot of people say this is the 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 top for Fulci, the peak. This is his fucking peak. This is what he was kind of building to with like City of the Living Dead, right? He just built on that style, made it a little bit more, like ironed it out, ironed out what people kind of looked at as like the flaws of City of the Living Dead. And made that. I can see that. I can I can kind of fucking get down on that. But, you know, um, I can't really think of a movie after The Beyond that I liked as much as The Beyond from yeah. Fulci. I mean, Zombie 3 was great, you know, but that's, that's about it. That's like 60% him. I know, but it's a great movie. It's, it's fucking killer, dude. I love it, but... The Beyond must be the... You're right. That would be his peak. Absolutely, yeah. It's like it, it, it totally encapsulates like him, I feel. like almost. He, I feel like he kind of got pigeon-held with the whole zombie thing. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh, it's fucking Fulci zombie, and that's Fulci. Yeah. And granted, like, okay, City of the Living Dead, The Beyond, they have zombies in them. They're fucking basically our... I wouldn't say they're zombie films, but they're they're zombie films to right. an extent. 
but there's more going on to it. There's more depth to it. There's more just like that whole uh, surreal, almost dreamlike, where like scenes don't really make sense. Like you see one thing and then all of a sudden you see another thing and it's like where the fuck did that just come from? Right. Which he touched on in uh, there was an interview where he touched on that on about the beyond where it says this movie's not supposed to be meant to be like followed through beginning to end like A to B like point A to point B. Right. It's supposed to be almost dreamlike. Shit isn't supposed to make like it's not supposed to be like fluid and make sense. Gotcha. It's like look at it as a dream. Yeah. Yeah, and it's shot that way, too. It's like uh, they mix it up. He mixes it up, like, uh, with what's going on and, you know what I mean, what what you're supposed to be interpreting as to what's going on. Yeah. He, you know, it, and that's and that's the, the best thing about these two is that they are so talented that they can play you like a fucking violin, man. You know, they string you along... They lose you and then they find you again. It's in these two films really do that, and these two films have such good storylines. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Inferno's storyline is fucking among the best of that genre. Like, it's a good storyline. It's a good story, and it, it's a part of a trilogy. Yeah, I feel it's um, it's kind of a bold statement figuring that Suspiria was the beginning of that trilogy, right? But I feel Inferno's one of the stronger entries of that trilogy. Yeah, I, I would say that. Um, I remember asking you when I worked at Char with you, man. I just fucking laid it all out on the table when I was like, what's your favorite Argento film? And the only thing you said was, it, it's not Suspiria. And I, that spoke volumes to me because just like Fulci got pigeonholed with the zombie thing, Argento got pigeonholed with the Suspiria thing. There's stronger entries, there's stronger movies, you know, than than those two that they're known for. They always have those to fall back on, but like you look at a movie like Inferno or, you know, The Beyond, these are these are quality fucking movies and yeah. they stand alone even though cuz you know, technically The Beyond is a part of a trilogy too. Mhm. It's fucking so, uh, Fulci's Death Trilogy. Yep. So, I mean, you know what I mean? Is it the strongest in the out of the three movies? Wh- who knows? I honestly, out of uh, Fulci's, I'd it's I'd tough. say it's it. See, it, I'm I'm only putting it up against City. Okay, because I think City is better than House by the Cemetery. Yeah, and I think the Beyond is like edging right there with City of Living Dead. Yeah, I mean they, I love, they got better. Yeah, I love all three of the movies. Me too, from uh, the Fulci's one for sure. But I mean, definitely House by the Cemetery would be like the weakest of the three because it's like mostly dialogue. Well, it doesn't have the. It doesn't even have like the same like stylistic approach that Fulci did. No, and I mean, kind of touching on that here, looking at Argento's movies style wise, his movies were fucking like crisp, fucking just colors. Colors fucking galore. Yeah, it just set a whole mood. Right. Where I think a lot of that came with Argento had more of a budget with a lot of his movies. I feel Suspiria might have helped him with that. Yeah, well, his connections he had growing up, like who he was, uh, his connections with Baba. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Which Good point. Bava was uh, the assistant director of Inferno. Yes. Mario Bava is is another one that I'm sure in the future we're going to pin up against someone else. Because yeah, we he's, he's fucking phenomenal, dude. So, so good. But I kind of feel like where Argento had kind of more of the budget to do that stuff, he could make it... Stylist. Yeah, he could do that style. Yeah. And have all those fucking colors. And Fulci, and I may be wrong, because I, I mean, I obviously don't... I don't really look into budgets a lot for these movies. I don't really either. But I kind of feel like Fulci never got that same level of money to make his movies. So he was kind of limited on what he did, but he would still try to... Make the best of what he had. Like, he wasn't trying to do the same stylistic approach Argento was doing. He was trying to do his own thing, but still to the same to an extent. If that makes sense. Oh, for sense. sure. No, it's similar. There's similarities. Um, like Argento color wise was like way more vivid. Vivid. Yes. Yeah, like those fucking reds and blues, those pinks and blues. Like in the in like the, in Suspiria and even in Inferno, Inferno. Yeah. where like the the that one uh room, it's like all the walls are bright red. Mm-hmm. Argento doesn't have like that so much. Or Fulci doesn't have that so much. Right, right, right. But he has like those scenes where you do got those fucking like blues coming in and like those fucking like accent colors like shining through. Well, I noticed like Fulci had always a very gray. It's the best, not the color gray. It's like desaturated. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's like you know what I mean, like a very um, just dingy kind of quality uh, it's hard to explain but it I think was I more what you're saying. like like where argento was more stylish and was more about colors and being vivid fulci was more like the meat and potatoes of that see i think that also lends to argento's known for giallos giallos are known for being more stylistic true true Fulci's known for like zombie movies and gore, and those are known for being just basically meat and fucking potatoes. You're there for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Story is almost second. Yeah, which kind of makes sense because even with these two movies, you look at the acting, and there's parts in like the Beyond where you're like, Jesus Christ, like the acting's kind of bad in some aspects. True story. Mm-hmm. You don't get that as much in Argento's movies. No, the acting is one of the strong points of a lot of his movies, and he was able to get like bigger. Names, especially from like, I mean, I guess it, I guess hindsight's a little bit different, but even looking in like the phenomena, uh, with what's her name, Jennifer Conley, Jennifer Conley, but at the time she was, yeah, she that's a good one, actually, that's a better one because at the time, Jennifer Conley, I don't think, was a big star, no, she was still younger, Mm -hmm. but Pleasance was, Mm -hmm. so he was able to get like those more internationally bigger names, Fulci. Never really had that, but he had his core group of people that he would bring in. True story, yeah. But they're never like these big international or big American names. No, no, no. But he used uh, Catherine McCall mm-hmm. in a few of his movies. She was a reoccurring uh, actress that yeah. he used. And, uh, um, but he did kind of counter with that. Uh, Christopher George at the time was a, was a huge star. Okay, I forgot about Christopher George. Yeah, yeah, he was in a he was in a bunch of horror movies and a bunch of stuff prior to that. Fulci, you know, got him for uh, City of the Living Dead, um, so that was good. And then Ian McCulloch, 
Yeah, he's used him. Yeah, and he was he was kind of big in his own right for especially in Italy. You know what I mean? Like, um, always played the fucking like villain, right? Like pretty much everything he did. Yeah. So, I mean, they they kind of uh, they complement each other very well. It's like it's cool. It's cool to like watch an Argento film and then watch a Fulci film like right after, or vice versa. Because you get the best of both worlds out of the out of the two, you know, you get the splatter and the gore from the Fulci movies, and then you get the stylist, stylish, vivid, you know, and good storyline from Argento. Like, uh, I don't think sleaze would be the right word for Argento, but like, uh, like I guess like sexiness. It, it, like, there's an erotic undertone. Yeah, in like erotic. Most of his movies. Yeah, but it's not like sleaze. No, no, it's it's done in a it's done in a sophisticated way. Yeah, it's not like it's not like the level of like which I, I was going to say. Stri- yeah, I was going to say like strip new for your killer, but even that's not like really hundred percent sleaze. It's more like erotic, like quote unquote mature feel to it. But yeah, Joe jo D'Amato would be a, probably a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah, that's you know what I mean. Like that's sleaze. Yeah. Whereas Argento was more like. He wanted to have like erotic undertones and like a sexy feel to it, yeah. but it, he didn't overkill it. But like f- like Tenebre, it, just real quick, yeah. is like, you know, there, there, it's there's something like erotic there. But oh it's, yeah, but, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying. And then he always does like the high. He's got the thing with the high heels in his movies and stuff like that. So, but then the other flip side, going back to Fulci to compare with that, would be Neo Gripper. Yeah, <laughs> that's sleaze. <laughs> that's sleaze, brother. Yeah, that's definitely uh, sleaze, and that's one that I always forget about for some reason. Dude, that's one of my top. That's one of my favorite Fulci films. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's a uh, it's a good one. It's uh, and it, you get you get everything in that movie. You know, you get you get it all. Oh yeah, you get the you get the sleaze, you get the gore, you get the splatter, you get the. And like, I'm I'm gonna say that I don't mean it at all to be. A like compliment and a insult, but it's just because I look at both of them as I take I take both. Yeah, Argento's almost more like highbrow, and Fulci would be considered like lowbrow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, like I don't at all mean that as an insult, but I see people looking at like Argento films and being like, "Oh, fucking Suspiria," and like Inferno and Opera. Yeah, like Opera and other like earlier films, and it's like, oh, it's like the Giallo, and they're all stylistic. But then people look at Fulci, and it's just like Zombie and Sea Living Dead and like New York Ripper, and it's just it's more looked at as the gore aspect of those fucking movies and the, the, the very cheap like spaghetti horror films of Italy yeah and I think they would they'd look at Fulci as just being like oh yeah all he was, was like a, he was just a gore director yeah well I mean you got the uh, the artsy people that are definitely gonna take Argento over Fulci that's kind of where my, my that comment came from like film snobs yeah would, would more apt to lean towards you know whereas horror like just strict horror fans are gonna lean full to yeah because it's it's driven that every vehicle that he's put out every outing that Fulci put out was like driven by gore and driven by like the shock value of what would it look like if a piece of wood went into your fucking eyeball Mm -hmm. or you know what I mean 
what would it look like if you got cut with a straight razor or you know what I mean like it, I can see where you're saying highbrow lowbrow on that it, yeah. it, definitely and obviously that's not I can pretty much say without a doubt that that's not mine and yours opinions of either of those guys mm-hmm. but I could I, I feel that's how it's viewed if you're an outsider looking in yeah yeah I, I, I can see that but um yeah man um what uh, the one thing I did want to touch on is um, the score in both of these movies so goblin yes handled inferno and fucking Fabio Frizzi handle the beyond <laughs> and can we just talk about heavyweights oh man there's this like <laughs> fucking death match and that was another thing like Argento his fucking like go to was Goblin yeah fucking Fulci's go to was Frizzy Frizzy yeah and they comp it it, it works it complements I've even thought about like how would that be switched if Goblin did a lot of Fulci films and vice and like Frizzy did a bunch of Argentos. Mm-hmm. It would seem off. Yeah, because the score, the scores were just as important mm-hmm. to the movie as the movie was to the viewer. You know, it's like Frizzy knew what Fulci wanted out of a in, in a score, and I think Goblin really knew. You know, well, I mean, Goblin knew what the fuck. They were doing. Yeah, Goblin just fucking. Knew they it. could just bring the best out of any any movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like as far as atmosphere and like build up, suspense, the whole nine yards, man. They just they're good. But Frizzy, in his own right, was he was he was awesome, dude. He oh, was, Frizzy was great. Like he was, I, he was he was phenomenal, dude. I'm not downplaying him at all. No, no. Frizzy was amazing. Yeah, his fucking scores were are are up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I just feel like it, it wouldn't have played the same if you flipped it. If you if you flipped it, but yeah, um, that's I definitely want to touch on the scores. Um, they uh, they're so important in these movies. You know, the score is is like so oh. important to set the tone for like what's what you're in for. Well, I mean it's. Scores are important in general. Looking at uh, just look at Halloween. When Carpenter first showed Halloween, the person he showed it to said it, it was the least scary movies ever they, that she ever seen. Wasn't impressed by it at all. But it was without music. He didn't do the score yet. Ah, uh, yeah. Came up with the score. Reshowed it to her, and she was floored. Yeah, that's how fucking fucking powerful a score could actually be for a movie. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know if it, you got Goblin or Frizzy, it's just it, you're guaranteed a, a good time. You know, mm-hmm. you're guaranteed quality, um, quality score out of any anything that they do. You know, and I think that you know that's. That's the reason why Argento and Fulci are as good as they are, is because they got things like that. They they pay attention to detail, you know. Whereas the score is just as important as the storyline, and you know, in these two movies, like that that was one thing that I definitely, you know, wanted to touch on was it's just fucking 
killer scores in, in both of these movies. I mean, the Beyond, I listened to the Beyond score in the shower. Yeah. You know, in the morning. That's what starts my day. That's my coffee in the morning. You know, it just, and it sticks with you. Mm-hmm. It, you'll hum it throughout the whole day. It's like, it, not only is it catchy, but it's like well written and well orchestrated. <laughs> it's just, it's a, it's a fucking beautiful thing, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Did you want to um, touch on? Um, I think, I mean, if I can compare it. I don't know. This has kind of been like a free, free form, free flowing. <laughs> but for the most part, we compared these two movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I mean, honestly, both of these—they both have. Uh, they also both have appearances by the directors, to a to a degree. I didn't even think about that. Um, so in in the Beyond, um, the scene right before the tarantula scene. Yes. The librarian that goes out for lunch. Yes. That's Fulci. Okay, yeah. He makes cameos in actually a lot of his movies. He does, yeah. Argento really never, he doesn't really do it. Uh, but in this one, um, every time you see like the hands of somebody getting, like, stabbing somebody, those are his hands, like, doing all the killings. Oh, okay. So I guess technically, in a sense. Right. Oh, hey, man. You know, that's cool. That's like another thing, though. Like Argent between Argento and Fulci, like uh, Fulci makes a lot of like weird cameos in his movies, small little bit parts. And Argento, I honestly can't think of one where Argento did. I don't think he ever did. No, and that that speaks to like volumes about how different they can be. These two, you know what I mean? It's like like to go back to the highbrow, lowbrow. Fulci was like a blue collar. You know, his films had more of a blue collar. Like he he's more like I will make a an appearance in my film, you know, where maybe Argento's nose was in the air like I'm the director. I'm the director. I don't need to be in my own film. I'll let my film speak for itself. Whereas Fulci's like I want to be in the mix, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I it, it's 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 kind of cool. It's it's a lot of fun to uh, to think about things like outside the box like that with these two guys. Because I mean, there's so many good movies to choose from, but you know what I mean. Like their little quirks about how they go about their business and how they conducted themselves, and it's it's awesome, man. Honestly, like thinking about this now, and we touched on the fact that we rushed this. We picked two movies without really a lot of thought in behind them. Mm-hmm. But it would have been cool to go back, which we this probably won't happen because we already did these two directors, so we're not going to do them again. Right. But maybe do like Argento's Bird with Crystal Plumage and then Fulci's Don't Torture a Duckling. Right. They're 70s. I, I feel like those two would be a very parallel, even pairing of the two directors. Yeah. You can see that. Just like I feel that Tenebre and the New York Ripper would be pretty damn good uh, mashup or you know uh, there's, there's there's endless you know I mean but you're right I think yours is a little bit of a better cause well, I mean both giallos yeah and it would have been easier to compare the two as like one against the other 
kind of where this one, this director did this, this director did this, this one leaned more this way, vice versa. Gotcha. Which, I mean, I don't know. I, I thought that it would be a good idea to, like, you know, maybe maybe uh, in an upcoming episode, just do strictly Jallo. Oh, I've wanted to get into it because I love Jallos, and I know like we... I don't I can't even think of one really ever touched on. New York Ripper, to a de- to a degree, yeah. It's I, I I always considered it to be a Jallo film. It's not really shot like one. It's super sleazy, but it it has aspects of oh, a I mean, Jallo there's, film. There's fucking sleazy ass Jallos out there, man. Oh, there is. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we could even just you know pick apart like two Jallo films and have them go head to head or something. I I just thought that would be cool. But um, there's plenty of good directors out there. We're going to do this mm-hmm. again. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, do it again with more <laughs> with more preparation. More preparation, yeah. Not drunkenly come up with it a week before we do it <laughs> and then not prepare for it. Hey, man, it was a cool brainchild when it happened. Hey, dude, what I'm going to say without actually like putting a lot of preparation into it, I think is going well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Going pretty fucking good. Yeah, not too bad. Um, we definitely touched on like you know a lot of the, the good aspects and the bad aspects of these guys, and um, you know maybe uh, in the future we'll uh, touch on more of their films. You know. Oh, we're gonna probably do another episode on something Fulci did, something Argento did. Oh, for sure, for sure. But I don't see it ever being like Suspiria or Zombie. No. No, because I feel those have been talked to death by any podcast out there. And with horror, and with the new Suspiria coming out, I'm not interested in yeah really, you know, confusing anybody or myself with <laughs> the new one compared to the the classic '70s um, monster, just fucking monolith of you know what is uh, Suspiria. Exactly. But, um, Okay. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's what we got uh, as far as like Fulci versus Argento. Um, I hope you liked it. I hope you dug our inaugural cinematic digestion. digestion. Yes, I, I. It just rings a bell so nice, doesn't it? You like that name? I did. came up with it. I just came up with it out of the blue. That's cool. Didn't think about actually running it by you. <laughs> Sounds like I think Steve will like it. Yeah, it's cool as fuck, man. (laughs) Oh, you're in television? No, I watch a lot of it. Well, that's because you're so talented. (laughs) I might say your wife's a babe. (laughs) Do I frighten you? Do you want me to? (laughs) Oh, man. All right. If anybody wants to hit us up, though. Because this is uh, we're about to get the fuck out of here and start hanging out with Dave and Mary, who yep. we basically kicked upstairs. <laughs> and uh, but if you guys want to hit us up, you can uh, our website's um, burnofferingspodcast.com. You can throw us a line at contact at burnofferingspodcast.com. Uh, we are on Instagram at burnofferings underscore podcast. We're on Facebook as Burnt Offerings Horror Podcast, and we are on Twitter as underscore Burnt Offerings. So yeah, dude. Fucking throw us questions, uh, throw us anything. 
yeah, just let us know what you think, man. Should we want to? I mean, honestly, if you give us something interesting enough, we'll probably bring it up in the next episode. Yeah, Maybe we be do. Something we actually talk about. Yeah, we do read emails. We, we do just... read emails. Uh, this pizza place does have a Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but do they have a Twitter? <laughs> that's the uh, that's the main thing. So, all right. Well, it's it's been real. Yeah, all right, guys. All right, take it easy. See ya later.